0: You might know her as an award-winning stylist, as a pioneer for women in our industry, as the savvy business owner of a large chain of salons, as an international artistic director, as a platform artist, or as the owner of a distributorship. Well, Anna Pachito is all of these things and more, as you're about to hear in today's episode. We're going to learn how Anna got into the industry. If I take
1: my first hairdressing... Uh course, here in Italy. And his answer was, what's his name? <laughs> Her top
0: tips for doing great photo shoots.
1: But if your aim is to win an award, the competition is so ferocious that you have to give everything 200%. Her
0: thoughts on how you can achieve success in life.
1: You know, just set one goal at a time and the rest will follow.
0: Her key learning experiences.
1: That was for me the best learning experience I ever had and I worked 10 times harder to erase that
0: and so much more Anna takes us on a journey through so many experiences and learnings so buckle up welcome to the salon scoop a podcast by salon SOS I'm your host Scott Moon the founder of salon SOS and I'm obsessed with helping salon professionals live their best life in this show We shop talk all things salon to bring you real life stories, debates, entertainment and inspiration to help you find happiness and success in this beautiful industry. If you work in the salon industry in any capacity, this podcast is open to you. So set down your scissors or rinse out that toner and let's get into it. We are going to get this scoop on everything that went into building the incredible career of Anna Pacito. She Mm -hmm. is an absolute legend in our industry. I mean, in terms of accolades and awards, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, but here's just a few highlights. Uh, She's won the Naha Hairstylist of the Year and Master Hairstylist of the Year. She's a four time Naha Salon Team of the Year award for her salon company, Pure. Two-time Canadian hairdresser of the year with both the Contessas and Mirror Awards, and four-time Master Canadian hairdresser of the year, including, believe it or not, she was the first ever female to win those awards, which was a real milestone, uh, you know, especially in Canada, to, and I could say groundbreaking, really, Um on top of obviously many, many other international award, awards that, you know, would take the entire podcast to go through. <laughs> but uh, honestly, I can very much say we're grateful, you know, to to have you here with us today and to sort of share your experiences and learnings. Um, just thank you very much for for being with us today.
1: Oh, thank you, Scott. And uh, I'm blushing. I don't know if you see that through. Uh, <laughs> through <laughs> <but>. <laughs> thank you uh, so much for having me. And, Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> well,
0: it's uh, it's well uh, it's well deserved, uh, well deserved for sure. I the first time that I met you, if you don't if you remember, was on a cruise ship uh, in the uh, in the Caribbean. I think back in two thousand and nine, uh, and obviously you know wow. had many different uh, experiences with you over the years. And anytime there's a, a big you know uh, hair event in the uh, in the industry, I always uh, always see you there. You're a, a cornerstone of our of our industry for sure. So. Anyways, looking forward to uh, to getting into your story and to sort of, you know, share some key learnings with our uh, with our listeners. But we always like to start our show with an SOS signature question. So I'm going to start you off with this one. Anna, if you could do any celebrity's hair that you have not already done, who would it be and why?
1: Oh, boy, you got me on that one. <laughs> who would it be and why? Oh, my goodness. Um... he got me stumped
0: you get to pick anyone
1: i get to pick anyone so you know this is very very uh weird and it's not um because all celebrities i mean have the best of the best so i don't see anybody who truly needs a makeover but you're gonna find this response quite uh amusing uh it always uh i was always curious about this um does the queen know that the best hairdressers in the world actually live in England? And, <laughs> and why? And this is no disrespect to whoever her hairdresser is. And this, you know, goes back at the very beginning of my career is I have so much admiration for all of these English hairdressers. And why did the queen ever never got a real uh, modern up to date hairdo. And uh I mean I you know it's I don't know if I, I would love that do it now but you know because anybody that we know uh, obviously have amazing hairdressers that uh yeah. take and care other of other members but of the royal
0: family Kate Middleton pretty spectacular hair but the- <laughs> I know you know
1: celebrities in general don't really need my help. Um, uh, you know I can't think of anybody right now maybe in a couple of hours I'll say yeah, you know what I know who whose hair I'd love to do but
0: the queen is a great not, answer you,
1: not you know not for anything else it's just that it you know her her hairstyle was always uh, seemed always a little dated to me and I, I I just wondered always if anybody knew if she knew that the best hairdresser in the world were there and they could certainly help her out a
0: little bit. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, if you if you had the opportunity, I'm sure you would also get a lot of uh, a lot of inside <laughs> scoops on uh on life in the royal family which would could be uh, could yeah. be fun also, so. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Anyways, and one of the things that has really impressed me about you is the number of different roles that you play. Um I know you're a, a mom first and foremost, you're a salon owner to you know eight salons currently I know you've been involved in a you know large chain upwards of 50 salons with your uh you know with your dad one of those is arguably the biggest and most popular salon in all of Montreal um pure but you're also an artistic director you know for intercoiffure America Canada you're an international platform artist and educator you are a, a school owner you own two academies um And you also are co-owner of a distributorship. I mean, you kind of run the gamut. And I wonder if you might secretly also be part of the Canada bobsled team or something. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We just don't know about it because you seem to do a little bit of everything. And I'm curious to know, and hopefully our listeners are curious, of all these roles, Mm
1: -hmm. which
0: one are you the most passionate about?
1: Oh, wow, I, um, I really love uh, teaching, I would say. And yeah, I would say that would be probably tied with Pure. Pure is my baby, mine, and uh, Danielle, Benoit. Um, I love shooting, so it, it, it's a hard one. But definitely, I would say to be on stage uh, and to share my passion with uh, my colleagues, I think would be number one. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Let's
0: nice. say that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Final answer.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, well, we're going to learn a little bit about your experiences in, in several of these roles. But, but first, Anna, I think it'd be great to sort of share with our listeners a little bit more about your, your roots. Can you just maybe just tell us how you got into the beauty industry in the first place? Just a quick origin story. Who were you? Where were you? And, and what was the trigger to, to get you into this beautiful industry?
1: I've been in the industry forever. Uh, my dad was a barber. he owned uh, barber shops and then slowly started to get uh, you know, uh, salons for women as well. and uh, I was in school, and my dad's dream was for me to take over or to help him out in uh, the business, and I was dead set against it.) <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and of course, there was no way he was going to get me to do that. And uh, it was, uh, I used to go to Italy every summer. And uh, one year, I wanted to stay longer. Two months was not enough. So I decided, you know what, let me and I was uh, in college at the time. And um, so I called my dad up after the two months vacation uh, was almost over and I said you know that you know that idea of yours you know uh, of me becoming a hairdresser well what if I take my first hairdressing uh, course here in Italy and his answer was what's his name (laughs) 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 and it wasn't I just wanted to stay uh, longer in Italy and uh, I did uh, stay I took my uh, hairdressing course and when it was time for me to come back, he had a chair ready for me uh, in one of his salons. And so I continued going to a university in this, you know, by then it was business administration classes that I took at night at Concordia University and worked in one of his salons. And then, you know, the salary started, you know, was interesting. Um, I saw the potential and uh, realized, you know what, let me give this uh, a try, and that's how it started. I was dead set against it at the beginning.
0: Uh, it's uh, a common a common story that uh, that we hear where it's sort of you know in the family, and usually it's the last thing that the, that the child you know wants is to go into the family business but somehow some way it, it often uh, often tends to uh, to happen but it's obviously worked out pretty well for you so um i'm sure that you're sure that your dad is pretty proud of uh proud of how you've uh, progressed over the years
1: dad knew better <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh Fair enough. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about photo shoots first. You mentioned that you love doing shoots, uh, and you've been doing photo shoots for uh, you know, a very, very long time and extremely successfully. Um, do you remember how old you were when you did your first photo shoot?
1: Uh, it was in my, uh, probably late twenties, early thirties. Uh, just a few
0: years ago. Okay.
1: No, just a few years ago. Exactly. Yeah. And, nice. uh, um you know there are two sounds that you know always intrigued me and that was the scissor over comb uh, uh clicking sound watching my dad uh do hair as a barber and the clicking 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 sound you know from a uh, a camera that i always thought was music to my ear and i don't know somehow they do connect and uh uh, you know, the first time I started seeing the results, I I was hooked almost immediately. You know, when I started seeing uh, photo f- photographs those days, well, those days it's not that that long ago. You know, yeah. you didn't get to see the immediate result except on a Polaroid, and it was always so. I was always so anxious to see the the results and was blown away by that. And uh, I was hooked almost immediately after nice. I the photo shoot. Yeah
0: why do you Why do you feel like photo shoots and and entering competitions specifically uh, has been important for you?
1: Uh, I saw immediate results uh, in the salon numbers uh, because yeah. at the beginning, the only reason I really started doing that is because I was looking for a way to uh, bring up the numbers in in my dad's uh, salons. And once I saw the immediate results after winning a Quebec stylist of the year, of how much it affected the business, um, you know, that kept me going. And then, you know, the thrill of that incredible high that you get when you win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that um you know, and it's only later that you realize that it's really part of the journey. it's it's, you know, how it changes you as, a hairdresser, uh, all of the research that goes into it, all of, um, uh, how much you want to polish up your work to do better in, in your next shoot for the next award. So the value of that is way more important than the actual award, um, they go hand in hand really. And, uh, it, it really does affect your business and it really does attract the best hairdressers towards your business. And, uh, I give credit, a lot of credit to all of these awards uh, for uh, the success that we've had. So is it important? Absolutely. Very, very important.
0: Yeah. One, it seems it, you just kind of mentioned two things. One, the business, I'm sure it brings a lot to the business, you know, personally, uh, you know, for the actual stylist who is, you know, uh, successful and, and, and winning some of these awards, but like you said, um, and for the salon as a whole, but to recruit new stylists to come and work for you, you know, if your salon is known for, you know, winning all these awards, it becomes kind of a magnet where people just kind of want to come and work in that environment, right? So not only are you are gaining new clients, but you're also gaining new stylists coming towards you, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the fact that you wear a title, you know, a client sits uh, on your chair and she says, so you are Canadian hairdresser of the year? She says it all. That means you better show me. <laughs> yeah.
0: The expectations You're... have just kind of gone up a little bit, right?
1: <laughs> and then the same goes for so you are Canadian hairdresser uh salon of the year, or this is North American uh salon of the year. So many times running, you better, you know, you better perform. You cannot wear a title and and think it means nothing expectations are extremely high, higher than they would uh, be, you know, in, in, a, in a salon that doesn't wear that title. Uh, so you better perform and you better show, you know, who you are uh, servicing that, yes, it means something. And yes, we do perform. And, you know, the, the, these are the results. So it keeps you always, you know, <laughs> wanting to perfect your game and, and, and polish yourself up so that you can wear that title.
0: Yeah, and it you know pushes pushes everybody to kind of deliver that that top yeah. notch top notch you know service top notch results. I love that. So, yeah. do you feel that this is something that um, you know competing in photo shoots is that something you recommend to the new generation of stylists today still?
1: Absolutely, there's no doubt that you should continue. Um, you know, it, it's just a, a target that you have. You want to achieve it and the whole journey the whole research and everything that you do to get there uh just ups your game you, you become a better stylist and when you become a better stylist uh, obviously uh you gain clients and and you become uh more aware of you know excellence and you better perform uh, so i strongly recommend it's certainly something that worked for us in yeah. a very way you know so uh and and you know that's how we got there so yeah absolutely I could make commercials on it i I, I think it's very very let's well,
0: let's do let's do one right now and give some practical <laughs> advice um yep. what would be your your top tips for a successful photo shoot that you can share with with stylists out there today
1: um uh so uh, I think that uh definitely you should pick an amazing photographer Because uh, if what you are producing isn't photographed correctly with the right lighting and the right ambiance, it's not going to get anywhere. Um, uh, The right team, uh, great makeup artists and stylists and uh, good models don't think that you're pretty cousin, you know, I mean, it's okay, you can definitely showcase yeah. that on, uh, you know, on social media, because nowadays, we also want to see real people. Yeah. But if your aim is to win an award, the competition is so ferocious that you have to give everything 200%. Now, a lot, a lot of people are going to say, well, you know what, I can't afford that. Uh, there are different ways to go about it. Certainly, if you connect with a good hair, um, uh, a good hair photographer, because not everybody photographs hair correctly and beauty correctly, you can exchange services with uh, maybe a photographer who uh, would like you to come in and do, let's say, hair for free on other shoots for him or her. And he can, uh, in turn, maybe shoot a few uh, photos for you. So there are ways you can go about and you don't have to spend a heck of a lot of money on it You know, you can get around that. And I've done a lot of that as well. Right. (laughs) But definitely, I would say that good, a good photographer, and especially I can think of one in particular, uh, was one of my mentors early on, because I learned so much about lighting, about how uh, the camera uh, sees uh, an image. So uh, very, very important.
0: It's a great, uh, that's actually a great tip right there, because You know, somebody who is a great hair and beauty photographer will have had lots of experience and will be able to provide, you know, a younger stylist who's maybe, you know, just sort of starting out or in the early stages of doing photo shoots and whatnot, will actually learn a lot from the photographer uh, at the same time. So there's a great kind of mutual, mutual, you know, I guess, benefit that can that can happen there. Yeah.
1: And it has to be somebody who's tough on you a little bit. And especially when I started, there was no such thing as Photoshop.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hair yeah.
1: had to look absolutely impeccable, terrific, Uh you know, from the get go, you, you, there was no,
0: <laughs> yeah, there was no digital, hair. digital yeah. touch-ups and, uh, you know, smudging, uh, smudging this. Okay. And, um, yeah.
1: And filters and all of that. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, there was some, you know, uh, stuff that they could do, but nothing, you know, if, if the hair was bad, it was bad. If the shape was wrong, it was wrong. If the profile was wrong, it was wrong. And uh, to have somebody who was very, in a, you know, at that time, brutally honest with me, I'm not shooting this. This is, this is really not. And he would use certain words that I will not repeat. Uh, this is, I will not shoot this, you know, you redo that. And uh, so uh, you had to learn the hard way and uh, yeah, that, that was certainly helpful.
0: Amazing. Okay. So some great tips. You got to surround yourself with the right team, great photographer who specializes in hair and beauty. You have to get a great model uh, and you need to have, you know, a great team, like you said, makeup artist, uh, you know, other stylists that are going to help you kind of, um, put things, uh, put things together. So, uh, mm-hmm. hot tips straight from, uh, straight from Anna. Now, Anna, mm-hmm. you mentioned you started, you know, a while ago, you won your very first award, um, from what I've seen in 1994, a gold medal, um, at a live hair show in New York I, city.
1: Yeah, IBS, uh, at the Jacob Javits center. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. Yeah. And you that's 1994. You just won, also most recently, the 2021 IBIA award for the, I think, third year, uh, third year running. Um, how do you, how do you not only sustain your level, right, as a top artist, but also reinvent yourself, right, continuously to stay relevant, to, you know, the new generation of stylists stay relevant to the you know changing styles um you know and and trends in the industry
1: uh yeah you have to be informed you have to be on top of things uh i know that uh my daughter uh keeps me up to date and she you know says that you know mommy no that that is that is that's not in you know you have to <laughs> switch your focus less perms
0: less perms mom no.
1: <laughs> yeah well I you know uh, yeah and uh you have to stay relevant. You have to research. And it's easier than ever, I think, today, because social media is so in your face. And um. Uh, yeah. yeah. And and you know what? I, I see a lot of uh people uh kind of say, oh no, I don't like it. It's so if I don't it's happening now and I don't like it, I will not adhere to it. But you have to, you know, to stay relevant, you have to uh absolutely uh do your research and whether you like it or not, um focus on what is happening right now, you know, uh, it's extremely important. Do your research and, 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 and believe it, you know, yeah. and grasp it and and make it your own and yeah, make it your own. If you don't particularly like a certain style, but you have to absolutely be influenced by what is happening. Yeah. It, so it's a, essentially
0: it's like, keep learning, right? Like you have to keep, keep learning, keep staying up to date, um, you know, and sort of, Uh, teaching yourself you can't just kind of rest on uh, what you've known in the past and just think that that's going to you know lead you to success for the next you know 10-15 years Uh, we're continually evolving right as people as an industry um, and you've got to stay on top of that
1: 100% absolutely very very important yeah Mm -hmm.
0: now based on all the accolades you know that I sort of described believe it would be fair that most people would probably look at your career accomplishments and consider you to be very successful. Um, But that would obviously be a very high bar to set as a measure of success for, you know, everybody coming into the industry. So how would you define what success should look like for service providers and salon owners in, in, in today's world?
1: Um, you know, you have to set goals for yourself. And, uh, you know, it's one at a time, you know, you achieve the first goal, and then you set your bar a little higher, and then you set your bar higher than that. But to have a goal and a target is extremely important, you have to strive for what you really want and what you believe in. And, um, I, you know, if I, I remember the very first time I went to the ABA, in montreal and there was a very talented hairstylist at the time and she had just won an award and to me my life goal was just that i just want to win one trophy and i will be super happy and very accomplished and i said that's all i need to do is that one award and of course as you know it's once you get started it's for some people it's never enough and but you know set one goal something that you want to achieve you know and what you may want is maybe i would love to work at that salon with that hairdresser you know just set one goal at a time and the rest will follow you know to to think i want to be uh, i want to win hairdresser naha hairdresser of the year master uh, you can start with that i mean you can have it in your mind as a final or one of your top, uh, aspirations, but, you know, start with something that you think is possibly achievable and take it from there. Because once you get the taste of that victory, meaning, and victory is, is not necessarily an award. Victory could be, I want to work at that salon with that person, you know, that's absolutely right. So set your standards, you know, to something that is achievable. And as soon as you get there, it's almost human nature. You will want to get to the next uh, target and the next goal and so on and so forth, you know. And don't be afraid to not get there. I think the best learning experience I ever had was after winning the gold medal in New York, And there were almost 90 competitors, you know, in a North American competition. I won gold there. And I came back the following year and I just wanted to win the provincial um, title. And I came in 10th. Okay. Yeah. That was, for me, the best learning experience I ever had. And in my mind was, wow, I'm a fluke. I, you know, that last gold medal was you know I was just lucky you know I'm not real this is you know I'm not I'm I don't have that much that much talent and but I went away from that saying never again this will never happen to me again and I worked 10 times harder to erase that you know but and and I, I didn't erase it at all it's in my mind constantly because to me, it was that will never happen to me again. I will work that hard for it not to happen again. Yeah. So, so don't be learning. afraid. Welcome, welcome failure. Welcome failure. If you fail at something, it means something. It will bring you something.
0: I love this conversation so much. I mean, there's there's a lot of really great life lessons, you know, coming from this. And, you know, one quote that I've heard that I always love is that there's no such thing as failure unless you quit, right? So failure, like you said, is just opportunities to learn. And you, you still have, you still have time to, you know, come back and keep working on it, you know, to get to whatever your, your goal or objective was. Yep. If you quit and you actually stop trying now, now at, it's, now it's failed. That goal has failed. Right. But, so don't look as failure at failure, as, uh, you know, not achieving something, it just means that, you know what, uh, it's it's another learning step in order to, you know, to, to finally achieve what you need to. The other thing when you talked about goals, I, I agree. I always talk about the importance, though, of setting, I think, both goals. You need to have quite ambitious goals, because it's going to push you a little bit further, a little bit farther.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: you know, the analogy is, if you set your goal only to be, you know, at the top of the house then you're you know you're never going to be you won't be getting to the top of the mountain right but if you set your goal you know to get to the moon then you know what you might accidentally find yourself at one point at the top of the mountain uh, and be like wow because you've been you know sort of pushing yourself pushing yourself further so um, I think having like really great ambition is helpful but the same token you know what you were talking about you also have to have realistic goals in place and you're kind of doing it step by step so that you can you know uh, I think it's nice to feel it's nice to feel little little wins and successes along the way and not just feel that you only have one goal which is getting to the moon and if you haven't gotten there then you're not satisfied or fulfilled
1: yeah because you obviously need all of the elements to get to the moon and if you you know want to get to the moon and have no rocket ship, you you won't get there. So, <laughs> you know, so you need, okay, I need to get myself a rocket ship, you know, so, so that I can get to the moon. So, you know, that, you know, that's how, uh, because, you know, it all depends, I think it has to do with the way you are, your character, and uh, you have to be realistic. And, uh, you know, for some people, yeah, they, they, they set their mind on the moon. Uh, but when it seems totally unattainable, you know, you have to get to that in, in small steps. And, and small steps are, are good as well. You know, yeah. they could well, be giant steps depending on, you know, so many factors, but definitely a set goals that are yeah. uh, uh, attainable and some that seem unattainable. And I've been more than blessed in life because I never even thought one of those uh, targets was achievable. So
0: and here and here you are. And I can say for me, it's a little bit easier because of my name to get to the moon, but that's just a <laughs> other,
1: that's
0: a whole other, <laughs> whole other thing. Yeah. Okay. Let's um let's look at so if, you know if we're talking about goals and, and what what people you know sort of define as success, what do you see as one of the biggest challenges that is holding a lot of salon professionals back from achieving that success today?
1: Um, so you're asking me, uh, in a time where we're not very sure of the future, right?
0: Fair enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, probably my answer in uh, 219 would have been, uh, different, but, uh, what holds you back is, 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 is yourself, you know, like I said, uh, you probably should ask me in about six months, uh. I've been having different conversations with different people and everything seems to be more short-term because we're not 100% sure of uh, our future. But you have to continue to be optimistic and uh, think that uh, everything that we're experiencing right now is temporary, maybe longer than we thought. Uh, But certainly uh, this has been a learning experience for me and that's how I take it and uh the future is better than it is right now and to never lose hope to to always think this is temporary and i will get there as soon as you know all of this fog sweeps away from uh from me and uh yeah and and, and to think we're not going through this alone right
0: yeah i think that's a a really really important um thing you, you to remember what... is that you know, if you feel if you feel like you're in your own bubble and you're you know you're not uh, achieving the results that you were looking for, whether you know whether you're a stylist or a makeup artist or or you're you know a new salon owner um, or an experienced salon owner, but things are not advancing the way that you want to. Sometimes it's easy to feel like you're in a bubble, but there is so much, there are so many resources and so much support out there around us. If we look for it, I think sometimes we need to shift the perspective a little bit um, to, like you say, we're the ones that are holding us back because we just sometimes stay very narrow focused, but everybody out there wants to help, right. Wants to help us uh, whether that's, you know, on the personal side with, you know, friends and family, but on the professional side, there's so many resources, so many educators, so many, you know, companies out there, whether it's your distributor partners or whoever it might be that are absolutely, you know, in your corner, trying to, trying to be there with support. So I think you need to not be afraid to, to reach out, you know, and and ask for that support.
1: You know, something that happened during this last period is that, um, I connected more with other salon owners and, uh, any support that I can get, uh, more than ever. You know, we, we tend as uh hairdressers in this beauty industry, sometimes we tend to kind of focus and to, 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 not want to ask for help. You know, I can do this on my own. And, uh, I connected with many, uh, salon owners and, uh, uh, you know, anybody that I can speak to just to see how you're doing, what are you doing? What is working for you? And you'd be very surprised how much, uh, Others are willing to share with you because they also want your point of view, and so the sharing of ideas and and to to feel to know that oh okay he's doing it she's doing it this way he's doing it that way and okay I'm not alone and you know what maybe I'm going to try that and then you become generous in turn and give up you know your perspective and ideas on things and uh, you know to share with others um, is definitely. you know, a way to, to, to advance.
0: Absolutely. It's a great, great point. I mean, one of the main reasons that we, that we produce this podcast is to be able to share, you know, share experiences, share stories, have discussions that hopefully will, you know, touch, you know, one individual the right way and maybe, you know, spark a spark, an idea or spark a different way of doing things. So again, anyone out there listening, a, if you have, you know, thoughts, comments about what we're talking about feel free please to sort of share that with us in comments send us messages and also it would be amazing to just you know share this podcast with one other person in the industry that you feel could benefit from this you know conversation where you know it might just hit them at the right at the right time and in their continued sort of vein here of trying to you know share input share advice um i mean every time that I see social media posts, you know, from you or, or about you, you're in a, a different part of the world, um, right? You obviously have, you know, traveled a ton for your uh, for your work. And mm-hmm. I think to say that you're busy is an understatement. I'm extremely grateful that we were able to carve out some time today to, uh, to do this call together. Um, but how would you describe, I mean, a lot of people feel that they're busy just managing their own, you know, their own clientele and trying to, you know, figure out the schedule. Uh, And yet you, you know, have been, you know, working behind the chair, uh, you know, salon owner, international, uh, you know, artist and educator doing shows, you know, overseeing and managing academies, uh, you know, being a co-owner and having to oversee a whole distributorship. Mm -hmm. How do you manage time and do you have any tips or advice for uh, for others?
1: Uh, you you absolutely need to make time. Obviously, you know I'm I'm lucky enough to um, very often the last trips, almost all of the last trips that I've taken have been work related. So uh, I was in Italy in June for a worldwide hair tour for for Davines, uh, and we did a show in front of three thousand five hundred people. And obviously, I'm in Italy. I am going to extend my vacation and uh, uh, stay a little bit longer. So uh, that that helps an awful lot, right? Uh, But even before I was actually doing stage work, a lot of my trips were Uh, work-related. The numerous times that I went to London uh, to take classes at at Sassoon's or uh, New York or wherever, uh, I always extended a few days and took off from there. So you have to make time uh, because uh, you need a reward. <laughs> you know, at least once a year, you need a, a vacation. You need a, a reward. You need to, you know, say time out. I need to relax and uh, you know breathe a, a little bit. Uh, but uh, I'm doing it more and more, which is a good thing. Um, uh, but y- you need to take time off. Uh, but now that I think of it, it's almost rare that my trips are not attached to a class or a show or some kind of uh, hair industry event. You know, I, I yeah,
0: I'm I'm sure it makes it makes it a little bit easier to uh, to make it happen. But how would you like? What kind of advice would you give to somebody in terms of just managing their time of you know being a stylist behind a chair, you know, being an owner and having, you know, all the staff issues to sort of deal with and manage, you know, managing a, an academy, being an educator and and having, you know, commitments to be, you know, going on the road and doing education classes. How do you, how do you manage all that from a scheduling standpoint?
1: So I think that without my... going,
0: without going crazy and stressing yourself out. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, I think uh, it stems down to to my dad who's been my life uh mentor and he's always had in every salon that he's had uh, and you know we still own about uh, 30 salons there's a partner there okay so we don't own anything practically I don't think we own anything on our own I strongly believe in partnerships you obviously have to pick the right partners but when you go away and you still have a partner that stays back and runs the ship, you know, in the various businesses, obviously, it's a little easier. Uh, so, you know, to, to try to do it in that way, I think, uh, takes some of the load off your shoulders and, and allows you the freedom and at least the, you know, tranquility, at least of mind, you know, to think, oh, okay, uh, they're so and so you know, taking care of Pure while I'm away. And it has happened that both Danielle and I uh, regarding Pure uh, are away more or less. Well, in Parma just recently, uh, he came as well. And one of my other partners, Isabel from Blake was there as well and, and many and a few others. But we certainly had very solid managers in place that took care of the various businesses. You know, the academy these days are, is easy because it's not, um it is, Pure Advanced Academy and uh, the Distributorship uh, Academy Advanced uh, classes that the Distributorship uh, gives out. So that those are quite easy to manage, and with experience, you just find a way. But is it is extremely important to take time off uh, to uh, you know uh, rest and uh, uh, get inspired uh, away from home, and you have to reward yourself in that way.
0: Everything yeah, it, it probably think it helps you recharge a little bit, right? So that you can actually then when you are on and working, you have more energy to give to the people around you, right?
1: Yeah, it it's um and this is something that I, I got from uh one of my photographers. Um okay, so you start early eight to very often, you know, with some people it was eight to whenever we're done. No, no, no you know, he said eight to six, he goes, that's it. I don't go beyond six. And I said, why, why not? You know, he goes, because everybody is dead tired, you know, after a while, everybody's dead tired and anything that you create when you're dead tired and you're, you just don't have the energy anymore. is not worth looking at. It's not worth the effort. So that almost became a, a way of thinking. You know, if you're exhausted and dead tired and cannot perform and cannot produce anymore, there's no point. You're not producing um, excellence anymore, and this is in any aspect um, of our industry or or for anybody, really. So you need to uh, get recharged, you know, and and it needs to be a regular thing. So very, very important. Love it. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: Um, you mentioned something there that I want to sort of follow up on you as an individual have touched and influenced so many people over the years in our industry. And I'd love to know who has been one of the biggest influences for you in your life.
1: Okay. Oh, that, that's easy. Uh, my dad, you know, brilliant businessman, uh, businessman who came uh, uh, here over 60 years ago with nothing in his pocket. He was a, a barber in Rome and uh, definitely on the business side uh, and the determination side. Uh, he is a huge influence. And now, if we're talking about industry mentors, I have a, a few. Uh, my business partner, Danielle, uh, Benoit, Richard Laurent uh, who is, uh, a team member at Pure right now, uh, big names like Angelo Semonara, uh, a lot of my, uh, colleagues, uh, at Davines, like, uh, Michael Pulsinelli, James Abu Al-Buba, who uh, I connected with an awful lot during, uh, the free time that we had during the pandemic, uh, Eugene Solomon, so many, so many, and, uh, I thank them uh, because uh, we, you know, as uh, artists in the beauty industry, constantly need to be inspired. And uh, you know, I look up to so many people, and I'm not shy to give them credit. Yeah, for sure.
0: Fantastic! You're a very, very humble, uh, humble individual, and I think it again it showcases the importance of surrounding yourself with you know with people not staying in your own lane right looking for support because it's going to ask you to to think about different things in your own world you're going to be inspired in different ways uh you're going to learn about different ways and everybody ends up you know kind of uh, inspiring and influencing each other along the way so super super important uh, lesson i believe what um what does the future hold for for anna pachito what can we uh, what can we expect from you uh in the in the coming uh, years any projects that you want to share
1: oh we uh obviously i keep um you know doing classes and teaching uh especially for uh with davinez in collaboration with davinez uh, uh october coming up uh, big show in new york city for intercoiffure uh, here on stage in miami in the following year mexico coming up soon uh in november so education classes shows definitely are already on my schedule (laughs) so that has to be you know it's not uh, stopping
0: anytime soon
1: no it's not stopping anytime soon (laughs) i have a shoot on sunday uh you know and i always said you know try to keep sunday free but uh, you know it's for somebody I, i really care about so i have a shoot this coming sunday um but uh One of my priorities is to keep the businesses solid. It's very important for uh, the businesses to stay solid. So my focus is very business oriented right now. So uh, I think numbers for pretty much everyone um, have gone down um, a a little bit. Uh, Maybe Pure is a little more affected than some because we are in the core of downtown in the middle of, all of the office buildings and a lot of the offices buildings are or em- cl- almost empty these days right um but we're I mean we're doing well we're you know but certainly the focus will be to keep our businesses solid and uh, making them thrive and bringing those numbers up to what they were and then some. so there's a huge focus on that so I will be very very busy uh, and I have a new role that I have to mention and this oh. is on a personal note I am a grandma now oh <laughs>
0: wow congratulations
1: as to the most adorable little boy uh. who taken up, you know who brings me so much joy um Andrea <laughs> who's going to be one very very soon so uh yeah so that's uh and I, you know what and I I babysit uh, at least a couple of days a week. So, yeah, there's one more role. One more
0: role. That's now a part of the part of the mix. I love it. Oh, that's uh, that's fantastic.
1: And ask a busy person, you know, to do something and they'll find the time, you know.
0: It's amazing how when you have the right perspective on life that that happens, right? You do find the time for things that are important. And I believe that those types of moments, you know, when all of a sudden you become maybe a parent for the first time or a grandparent for the first time, your perspective changes to realize what's truly important. And it allows you to deal with some of the other stuff a little bit more easily. So anyways, the the business challenges don't seem quite as important sometimes. Um, So Anyhow, we're gonna close up our, our conversation. That's actually a great way to, uh, to sort of wrap, uh, wrap things up. Um, this has been a super, super fun conversation. Um, but we have one more signature question uh, as we always do at the end of our shows, Anna. So I'd like for you to share, what advice would you give to someone who's just starting their career in our industry today?
1: Um, <clears throat> one piece of advice. One piece of advice. Uh, look for uh, the best salon in your area and keep knocking at that door until they get you in and get noticed show them that you are there to learn uh you know be determined and uh get in there and there is nothing that will you know make you get to where you want to be if you are mentored by someone you admire you know, keep knocking at the door until you get in.
0: Love it, great, yeah. uh, great piece of advice. Keep knocking on that door. Um, eventually, eventually, you're gonna get in. Uh, so, sure. mm-hmm. try, try, try. Love it, Anna. Thank you again so much you. for your your time, your incredible insights. You know, uh, I think your your experiences are just so beneficial for for everybody. I, I hope that. Our listeners have really gained a lot of, uh, you know, interesting insights, information, gotten to know you a little bit better, uh, and at the same time, learn something. Everyone, please feel free to to give a shout out uh, to Anna. We'll have her contact information in the notes here if you, uh, if you want to reach out to her directly. Uh, but again, if you have additional comments, questions about the episode, the content, uh, new insights, please feel free to share them with us so we can continue to foster a great community here of support in our industry. So with that, signing out. Thanks again, Anna.
1: Thank you, Scott. Thank you for this. I really appreciate it. I'm very honored. Thank you. (laughs) All
0: right. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Salon Scoop podcast. This show is produced by Salon SOS, a digital marketing agency by industry professionals, for industry professionals. If you want simple and affordable solutions for any of your salon marketing needs, such as websites, client loyalty, Google search rankings, social media, or more, come visit us at salonsos.ca or on Instagram at salon.s.o.s. If you want to hear more great episodes like this and help us continue to bring the industry content, it would mean so much to us if you would support us in one of the following ways this episode with just one other industry professional and either rate our show on spotify or write us a quick review on apple music we want to hear your feedback if you have follow-up questions or ideas for future episodes please reach out dm us on instagram at salon.s.o.s or hit us up on our website at salon again thanks so much for listening now go get your hustle on Keep smiling, and we'll catch you on our next episode.